It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you yet another episode of the podcast dedicated to the Colorado Avalanche. And if it's Friday, it means it's another Fandom Friday segment. We have another fan joining the show, uh, which will be just around the corner. Today, we have a fan by the name of Spencer Sheets joining us. And uh, we will get into, like we always do, everything Avalanche and see where the conversation goes. So uh, that is uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, First things first, like we always do, follow the show on social media. Over on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. And send your emails, questions, comments, concerns, opinions. And if you want to be a part of the fandom friday segment send an email or get a hold of me on twitter or wherever uh any one of those things i just listed you can find me on there send me a message send me an email saying i'd like to be a guest and we'll get you booked um everybody makes it through (laughs) it's not it's it's very simple to do so yeah join i'd love to have you guys on or girls we've i have both lined up so um, so we are also going to, if time allows, I know sometimes these go a little bit long, um, and I hate cutting avalanche fans off because of the passion and how much they want to talk about their team. If we got time, uh, we're going to do a little preview of the, uh, game on Saturday against the Philadelphia Flyers. And, and just another reminder, um, today it's available today since it's Friday, you can go over to the lockdown flyers show and I joined the two hosts over there, Rachel and Danielle. I joined them for a uh, segment where uh, we just talked about Flyers and Avalanche. They wanted to know how the Avalanche are doing. They all, Everybody wants to know about Kale McCarr. Uh, it was a good conversation. So that's available. I don't know what time they put their show up. I, I put this show up at 3 o'clock in the morning, so on the East Coast time, so it's ready for anybody that wants to listen maybe on that morning commute um i don't know if they do it the same way but it should be up if it's not up already um it should be up at some point today so all right uh let's dive into the the fandom segment um and let's get into the uh conversation with spencer sheets my name is paul stewart a third generation irishman from dorchester mass I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy-feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. 
Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so welcome back to the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And like I said in the beginning, it's Friday, so we have another Fandom Friday segment. And today we have the fan that goes by the name of Spencer Sheets with us today. Spencer, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I've yeah. uh, been listening to you for a little bit, and I uh, appreciate the work you put in. And uh, always makes my day a little brighter listening, uh, listening to some apps talk. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, man. So uh, I guess we'll just start with just a brief introduction about yourself. Um, anything you want the masses to know, go for it. The floor is yours. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm too interesting. Uh, born and raised <laughs> in in Denver. Uh, uh, you know, grew up kind of in the Az, the Az heyday of you know late '90s, early 2000s, and fell in love with the team and man it's been uh it's been a roller coaster ever since to uh, to say the least so and that's kind of how i like to start these is is finding out how uh fans because how old are you if you don't mind me asking yeah it's 27 okay so you were very young when they moved to denver yep nine yeah i'm a i'm a 92 birthday so i mean obviously i don't have no memories of that first cup coming to denver but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, I mean, my my I think my my first sports memories all revolve around the abs, though. I mean, my uh, my dad took me to games at uh, at Old McNichols when I was uh, little enough to sit on his lap. Uh, nice. Vividly remember, you know, to anyone that went to a game there, walking up the ten million steps up into that stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if if you ever got a chance to go to that arena, but I have yeah, not, walking up no. all those steps and yeah, going to games and. Yeah, I mean, all my all my earliest sports uh, memories, all yeah, all all revolve around the abs for sure. So then, what what would you say is kind of a, a specific memory of the Avalanche? Was is it a certain player? Was it a certain team? Like, is it, I mean, this is like as far back as you can remember. You've always been an Avalanche fan. So, is there yeah. anything that sticks out in your mind when you were a kid that you that you were still remember to this day, where you're like, that's why I like this team. Yeah, I don't, man, I don't know if there's like a specific moment, but like I said, just my first sports memories all roll off around the abs and my kind of claim to fame for, for Avalanche fandom is I was, 
it was in 99, I think, so I would have been, you know, seven or eight. I was actually at the game that Joe Sackett fought Doug Gilmore. Um, oh. <laughs> his, nice. I, think, I think his only fight of his NHL career, if I remember right. Um, not many. <laughs> and I, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, someone's going to correct me, but I think that might have been his only fight. But, uh, yeah, I remember that. And just, I mean, you know, Joe and Peter and, you know, Patrick Wall were kind of my – my holy trinity growing up they were they were the guys that you know i thought they hung the moon so i you know i, mm-hmm. I called the team real close yeah i mean that's they're kind of like the you know mckinnon ranton and landis of in terms of you know fandom and, and favorites so was there any oh yeah, those, much, yeah you know was there any kind of those unknown under the radar type of guys that you liked back in the day i mean i i always loved footer um Nice. You know what? He just he played he played so hard, and you know he he would just you know and that that rivalry with the the wings, that's definitely some some vivid memories I have of going to those games against them. And I remember the old the old Red Wings sucks chant that would always go on in the stadium, and <laughs> my mom would always try and cover my ears because she didn't want me to say it. But, you know, I was all about it. <laughs> the protective mom. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she into it too? Is she big into avalanche hockey as well? No, it was. I mean, it was. It was me and my dad would always go. Um, I think my my dad and I and my two sisters as well. And it was kind of kind of us that that followed the team pretty close. And uh, my middle sister and I and my dad were kind of the three that followed the team pretty close. And and is was it just Avalanche or is it Broncos and Nuggets and Rockies and that stuff or is yeah, it... I mean yeah I mean it was just Denver sports <laughs> in general I mean those I mean the Broncos teams you know winning back to back I remember that that was that was really awesome I was actually oh, was fortunate enough to live in, I lived in the same neighborhood as the Broncos CFO at the time wow and after that after that second Super Bowl I remember he uh, he brought the Lombardi back to his house so I've got a I mean, of course, again, not knowing the significance of it, but there's a picture of, of, of little me holding the holding the Lombardi. So that's that's a fun memory I have. Oh there. my god! Wow. Yeah. That's that's yeah, pretty. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely pretty special. That's epic. Um, so as far as this year goes, what uh, what, what's your take on this year? Are you are you satisfied with how they're playing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, I mean. You know, when they go through those little slumps, I think people are pretty quick to, you know, jump at everyone's throat and say, yeah. oh, you know, this team doesn't have what it takes. And, you know, Bednar is a bad coach and, you know, all the stuff you hear, all those those hot takes on Twitter. <laughs> right. um, but I think especially with, you know, the little breather we've had, which, you know, has, has sucked, by the way, not getting to watch my abs for, you uh, know, yeah. what, 10, 12 days now. Are you holding up okay? <laughs> barely i'm barely surviving man i can't uh, i can't wait for the next game i'm, I'm itching for it oh god it, um, it, it's, it's yeah it's almost here so just a little while longer yeah yeah be strong brother um <laughs> but yeah i mean i think i think the team's in a good spot um i think they have a i think they've got a pretty good chance to make a run at the blues for the central um you know we got a, a pretty weak second half of the schedule as far yeah. as opponent strength goes so I think that's something they really need to take advantage of. Um, I'll kind of be curious to see how they come out in the first couple of games from the break. If they're, you know, if they're going to come out flat, or if they're really going to kind of, you know, just jump down some throats here, coming out of the gate and kind of show everyone who's boss. I agree. Um, you know, the, the the long layoff sucks. I, I'm not expecting. You know, I'm expecting about 
a half of the game to kind of get back into the flow of things. But even beyond oh, yeah, I mean, that, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. You're good. I was just going to say, even beyond this game, like this is the start of a a five-game road trip. So right. if it doesn't go well right off the rip, it's just going to seem like it's a like 10-game road trip because yeah. you're away from yeah. home, and, and if things aren't going well, it's just it's going to play tricks on the mind if they can't get off to yeah. a, a good start. So it's it's I think – like you said, like the the second half of the schedule is is one of the easier, if not the easiest, in the league. Um, yeah, but yeah. but like I said, like coming right out of the gates after this many days off, five games on the road, I think is going to be easier said than done, honestly. Yeah, for sure. And you know they've been, you know I I should you know I guess I should look at what the road record was before I say this, but you know they've been they've been solid on the road and yeah. You know, I feel like they, you know, they've got a good chance. You know, if they take, you know, if they take three out of five, you know, I think you'd say that's probably a pretty good road trip. Uh, you know, you'd like to see maybe four or five out of five, but you know, might sure. not be a super realistic expectation coming off of that longer right. line. Right. Uh, I want to look up there. Uh, obviously, the one is against uh, Philadelphia, and then then at Buffalo. Okay. Um, at Ottawa. Yep. Okay. Uh, at Columbus, right. so uh, and then the 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 last two is a back to back Columbus, and then at Minnesota. So really, teams right. that so, they should be beating, maybe Columbus might pose a challenge. Um, but right. teams that they really should beat. But like I said, just because the timing of this five game road trip, yeah. I think is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, for me, you think I think the fly, I think Saturday's game will be tough. Yeah, I mean the Flyers are a solid team, and I mean, and the Flyers' record at home is unbelievable. I guess they're really, really, really paying attention to that. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think I think that could be a tough one. You know, coming out off that layout layoff, I think you know the first period, you know, first fifteen minutes of the game might take a little bit to get their legs under them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, hope they pull out that win. You know, you think they take care of business against the Sabers and the Senators? That shouldn't be a problem. You know, when you're when you're an elite team like the Avs, you know, you need to, you need to get your points against bad teams. Right. Sure. Right. Um, I think those are two teams that they would, they would like to get four points against. And then, like you said, the Blue Jackets, you know, that'll be a tough game there. And then <laughs> the mild, you know, you'd hope they would, you'd hope they'd take care of business against the mild pretty easily. You would hope, but for some reason, those are always better games than they should be. You know what I mean? Better than they should be, absolutely. Right. Yeah, um, that. and that's why just talking about old as memories and and the wild man, I I vividly remember uh, Burnett's shootout or not shootout was it overtime goal against Wall in what uh, would have that been like oh three maybe? Oh, that um, yeah, I think it was oh three in Game Seven. Yeah, that OT goal. That one, and then you know the the one more recently when uh, the As were yep. the number one, and that game seven, yep. that one, that one still six, sticks with me. That one, oh, I can't I get, mean, I can't get over that have, one. They have three different leads in that game. I mean, I, it was like they were up like two one, then three two, then four three, and yeah, couldn't hold and, on to any of them. Right, and that's why I remember feeling good going in to overtime because it's like, like you're saying, like. 
we constantly are gaining the lead and they're just going to do that again in overtime. And then right, right. All, like Minnesota just hung around, hung around, hung around. And all they needed to do was do what they did. And yep. I, I'm, I'm not over that one yet. So yeah. Um, that, that's tough one. Yeah. I remember, I remember after that, that Oh three game, I have vivid memories of sprinting up to my room and ripping my abs poster off my wall and just like oh. crying in my bed. I was so, <laughs> I was so upset. And then, I mean, I mean, that was, you know, that was Patty's last game. And, you know, that's kind of the, kind of definitely a milestone in the avalanche history of kind of the, the end of an era when, you know, he hung it up. That's true. Very true. Um, as far as this team goes, you kind of mentioned players from back in the day who you liked, who who's kind of the guys that you kind of look forward to watching on the current team. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's a, you know, kind of the, the basic answer. And I think everyone kind of tries to find someone else besides McKinnon right. say that they like, but I mean, I think we get really spoiled watching him, you know, for 82 games a year. Yeah. Um, I think we just forget how good he is. And like, they're just, there aren't many players that strike the fear in opposing defenders like he does. I mean, when he picks the puck up at our own blue line and, you know, you see defenders showing him their numbers, you know, cause they're trying to skate back to get in front of them. Mm. I mean, that just, there aren't very many guys that can do that. And I think he's just, he's so special. And I think we, we just forget how good he is watching him every night. I think you, you said it very well, like, because we we get to watch him night in and night out um we don't want to pick him as like the guy like the question that i asked you want to kind of go for somebody else because that seems right. to be like the canned answer and it's like no but like he is that good and it's not just uh you, you get bored watching him because you don't it, it's it's an right. amazing right. thing to watch every single night and like you said yeah i love those moments where the puck kind of scoots away and he picks it up and the defenders, you can see that moment where they realize that Nathan McKinnon is the one that picked it up and they, yeah. And it's like, it's, Oh crap. I got to, I have right. to haul, you know what, back to my blue line. Right. It is a look of dread <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. they're, they're just, they're outgunned. They, they have no response to it. There's a really good article in the athletic that came out today that kind of talked about McKinnon and kind of what goes on behind the scenes with him. And he's really like taking like this leadership role and holding everybody mm-hmm. accountable right down to their diet. It's I love amazing. that, man. I love that. Yeah. Like he does not like when guys, if he looks over and some dude's eating a cheeseburger or something like that, it's not like he will just look and kind of think to himself, like he really shouldn't eat that. He will go up to them and be like, dude, throw that away. <laughs> Dude, what are you doing? Right. So he's holding all these guys yeah. accountable. So it's, I mean, I, I know Landis Gog has the, the captain logo and he deserves it. Right. But it's almost like they're yeah, absolutely. It's almost like they're Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I mean, he's he's 100% the engine behind the team. Um, yes. And like I said, I think I think people kind of forget watching it night in, night out. You know, you kind of think in your back of your head like, oh, well, you know, every team's got a guy that can – you know, that can strike fear like he does. And, you know, matter of fact is there's what, two or three guys that, you know, McDavid's only one off the top of my head that, right. Yeah. That strikes fear in people like, like McKinnon does. Right. hundred um, mm-hmm. percent. 
And what what do you think? I mean, you know, trade deadlines around the corner. Uh, I think this will right. be the first time in a while the Avs will be buyers. Do mm-hmm. you do you have any? I guess any thought of who they might get or anybody that you would prefer them, you would like to see them get. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Kreider is a real interesting option. Um, and for me, it all you know, it all just depends on what you have to give up to get them, right? Sure. Um, if you can get him for a reasonable price tag and, you know, I don't know what that is, you know, everyone has a different opinion on what that would be. Um, but I think if you can get Kreider, you know, having someone else that has legs like he does, you know, he's got, you know, he's got a ton of speed, um, you know, sticking him on the second line with guys like Kadri, you know, I think that would really, I think that would really open things up. Um, but they're also in, you know, they're in a real weird position with how deep that decor is. Right. Right. I mean, They've got guys, you know, they've got Timmons and Byram just waiting in the wings to come in. So they're in kind of a unique position where they could probably deal, they could probably deal a D-man, um, you know, to maybe get someone like Kreider and you can call Timmons up and not see that big of a drop-off. So I'll mm-hmm. be I'll be real curious to see kind of what they do and how they approach that. What is your, what's your take on everybody's favorite whipping boy who goes by the name oh, of... God. Tyson Jost. Yeah, Jost, man. Oh, yeah, I've, man, I've been, I know just talking to buddies, I've been, I've been real hard on him. You know, I think like everyone has, um, I think he's kind of just, I think he's, he's a victim of that, you know, top 10 draft hype, right? We all expected them to be, uh, you know, a Landis Cog or, you know, a, you know, a lesser version of Francinen or something like that. And he just isn't. Um, and I think, I think he's a very serviceable NHL player, right? Like there's no doubt he should be on a roster somewhere. Right. Um, but you know, if that's on the abs, you know, that's kind of yet to be seen. I think he's a piece that, I think he is a piece that they can move and, and they would miss too much. And, you know, I feel bad saying that because, you know, by all accounts, he's the nicest guy in the world and, you know, he yeah. works real hard, but you know, at the end of the day, you just got to produce and. I don't know if this at the end of the day if this is the right roster for him to be on. Yeah, I I mean everybody seems to like the guy and he he has the talent, but um for whatever it is he he just he disappears for for chunks of games at a time. I think I looked over his stats and yeah, he's got four separate times of the year so far where he's gone at least five games and not scored a point and. Two of those times, one has been nine straight games and another has been seven straight games. So, I mean, I don't think we're not asking for him to be, you know, anywhere near Nathan McKinnon status because nobody's no, going to no. get that. But like you said, no. I think you use the word, a, an appropriate word by serviceable. He should be a guy yeah. that you can put on a third and fourth line and be the best player on the ice on that third and fourth line. And he's just not right, doing yeah. it for some reason. Um, yeah, I, I think, think that's a, yeah. He had a good, uh, and if I mean, and you probably listened to to this show, he had a good couple games leading into the All Star break. Yeah, and I think that's the mm-hmm. worst thing that could have happened because now he does nothing for eleven days, and now he's got to get that yep. momentum going again. So I'm going to be watching him really closely tomorrow to see what can happen. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't fully want to give up on the guy, but it's like you got to start being more consistent and I I really hope he can, but I got to see it first, you know? Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I think those, like you said, I think those last two games were, 
mean, those are probably the best games you played all year, right? And that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't thought about it like that, like you said, where that's kind of like the worst thing that could have happened for the Avs. <laughs> yeah. Because you see, you kind of you see what he can be, but you know, the matter of fact, if you do that for you know twenty games a year, it's just not good enough. You know, you need you need more consistency than that. I think when he had that hat trick early in the year, we were like, "Oh my god!" Like this is the best thing that can happen. And then it was just right. he was a ghost after after that for a little while. So, um, as far as as what you think this team is going to do this year, I kind of like to end on a note mm-hmm. of getting the prediction of the fan. So, yeah, I think. Man, I'm in. I, I'm kind of. I'm a little bit of a, a pessimist sports fan. Um, <laughs> but you know, they're. I you know they have flashes, right? Where they're, I'd say they're the best team in the league, right? Like they're they're dominating teams. You know, you look at all the underlying analytics, and they're just, you know, teams don't even have a chance against them. And then they'll go out some nights when they look they look pretty human. So. Right. I think, I mean, I think they're like a 99% chance to make the playoffs or something like that. Yeah, it's something I mean, like so, that. So, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, they're going to get in, right? I think a lot of it will depend on that matchup in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could easily, you know, it, it's a team where, like, if you told me they, you know, they, they faced the, like, say the Blues in the first round and lost, you know, I kind of say, you know what, I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you also told me, hey, they, uh, you know, they went on and they dominated and they won the Cup. I could also see that happening. It kind of just, I think it'll all depend on matchups. And at the end of the day, you can't, you can't advance in the playoffs and you can't go far if your goalies aren't performing, um, at least to a serviceable level. And I think we need, we need more out of group hours specifically. Right. I don't think Francois is the man you want to ride into the playoffs. Um, I think if Grubauer steps up and kind of plays like he, if Grubauer, yeah, like I said, if Grubauer steps up and plays like he did at the end of last year, I mean, I really think sky's the limit. I think, I think Western Conference Finals is a very realistic expectation for the team. Oh, sure, and and like you said, like it, it definitely is heavily <clears throat> revolved around uh, who the matchups are. Um, yeah, I I I think as young as this team is, it's crazy how uh, seasoned they are in the playoffs, and that's odd saying that because it mm-hmm. was just a few short years ago we thought this was going to be a uh, a 10 year plan to get back to some sort of relevance. Um, but Ten year, I, think, I thought it was a 50, I thought it was a 50 year plan to get back. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> that, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think, I think everything that they've gone through, including that season, including what they did last year when they were the eight and beat the number one, I think that's good for them be, that they did that because now they're up on the top tier and they should be going mm-hmm. into one or two, and they know full well mm-hmm. what they did to the number one seed last year, and it could happen to them. So, I mean, just from a mindset standpoint, they 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 know what can happen to them. They know what they have to do. They know how far they've gone, um, yeah. and they're one ridiculous offsides call away from something else happening. Oh, man. Gosh, I don't, don't get me going on that. I'm still, <laughs> yeah, that, I'm that, still hurt about that. Yeah, that's a little... Yeah, the Avalanche fans are kind of salty on that one, but um, that was just a, a right call or wrong call. That's just—I don't care how you split it. That's a real tough one to swallow. It is. It is. So, 
Um, but you're right, man. I think it, it, it could all be over in the first round or they could be hoisting the cup. It's just, and that speaks to the parody of NHL. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. I mean, but I think, I think that's also the reason that we love hockey, right? Is it's not, it's not a league where, um, you know, I think, I think basketball for sure, the NBA is for sure a league and even football to an extent where yeah. the better team wins you know, right. nine times out of 10. Right. Like they're just, when it comes down to it in playoff time, they're just in an inferior team can't really upset um, in a lot of sports. Um, even baseball too, with pitching, you just get into matchups and you just get to a point where, Hey, like we can't beat these guys. Right. But you know, hockey, you know, anything can happen, which is, which is why it's so fun to watch and you know, why I think we love it so much. Absolutely. So, I just one more to throw at you, and I kind of like to know what our Avalanche fans own in terms of Avalanche paraphernalia or possessions or anything like that. So anything that you own that is on display that's your your favorite Avalanche possession in your house or in your man cave or wherever it may be. Yeah, yeah, I've got a I got a couple fun things. One's kind of kind of silly, but it's a it's a poster. It's a it's a real old school. It's probably from. 95 or 97 or excuse me 96 or 97 team didn't exist in 95 of uh of wall uh sackick and forsberg um and it's all you know i've had it for as long as i can remember it's all it's all crinkled up and nasty (laughs) but i've i've got that framed in my room and that's uh that's one of my my prized possessions for sure um they got a a playoff jersey or a, a jersey that my dad bought me to go to a playoff game in in 01 that's definitely definitely a prized possession i was at a western conference final game that year against the kings mm. uh that that uh one of those games one of those home games and then my dad was actually at game seven that year that we you know that uh that beautiful night where we won and ray got yeah. the lift cup and i've nice. got his ticket from that and that's that's uh, definitely a prized possession for sure that's nice that's nice i think you're one of the few yeah. people in got to be the, the the state of Colorado, maybe the entire United States, who still owns a poster that they had from 1996. Oh, man, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I wish, I wish people could see a picture of it. It's all <laughs> crinkled up and nasty, but, man, I got it, got it, uh, actually, my, my lovely girlfriend put it in a nice frame for me, and he got that hanging on my wall, so that's uh, definitely it. a prized possession. Yeah, I love it. And I was fortunate that the one more, one more prized possession is I have a, Assigned Ray Bork puck game puck oh. an avalanche puck which is which is pretty cool yeah I'm I'm pretty proud of that one it would not that it matters but was it uh, he signed it in, in front like you were able to hand it to him or you bought it off uh, like a site or something uh, yeah no I was actually he did a, a signing event at a, a hockey it's called Players Bench an old hockey store in Colorado and I stood in line for <laughs> probably like four hours <laughs> to get that <laughs> get that puck signed by him so that was. That's a cool one. I'll definitely be be holding on to that one for a long like time. Like I said, it, it wouldn't matter either way, but it just makes it a little yeah. bit more special that you were able to hand it to him. And him. that's that's pretty awesome, man. Really, really cool. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah man. I like I said, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, and if you if you're willing, sometime down the road, we will definitely do this again. Yeah, man. I would. Yeah, man. Anytime you anytime you need someone to chat hockey with, I would. Uh, I'd, I'd love to talk. I love it. And you, I mean, you, you, you said that you're 
on Twitter, but you don't do too much on there. I mean, if you want to throw your Twitter handle out there. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter and Instagram are both, uh, three Oh three underscore spent. So you can, uh, throw, throw me a follow there if you're, you're so inclined. All right. Take a picture of that poster, put it up there. Cause I, th- I, I want to see it. Yeah. So, um, I, I, absolutely, I absolutely will. All right, man. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. And, uh, we were going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in a second. Good. Thank you, Chris. All right. So once again, big thank you to Spencer for coming on the show. Um, I have a feeling we'll have him on again, definitely sometime in the near future. Um, and like I said, if you listen to that, Spencer survived, everybody survived. It's uh, just a fun, friendly chat. And if it's something that you think you want to do, uh, shoot me a shoot me a line over at lockdownavalanche at gmail.com or find me on Twitter or on Instagram and just shoot me a, a message. And like I said in the beginning, we'll get you on. So uh, running a little bit long, guys, so really not going to do a flyer uh, preview. I don't think anybody really wants to hear one. I think they just want to play a freaking game. But I will say this about the Flyers. They they are record-wise. Uh, they're 27, 17, and 6, which gives them 60 points. In the Metropolitan, that's good for 6th place. You put them in the Pacific, and they're 2 points behind Vancouver for the Pacific lead. Uh, so they're just a victim of a really good conference and division right now. So um, I think it'll be a good game. I think we're all just happy to see some avalanche hockey again. And uh, like Spencer and I were talking, I think it, it, it might be ugly in the beginning for a little bit. So don't shout at the, the TV too much. Uh, let them get the kinks out. Uh, Cause they only could start practicing yesterday. Uh, so It'll all start coming back. Uh, it's like riding a bike. So first period might be a little bit ugly, but we got a good team. So let's all just settle down. All right. So uh, that's going to be it for today, guys. So we have made it. You can stop checking the calendar. At least this is the last day you have to check the calendar. And, you know, in 24 hours, whenever you might be listening to this, Maybe a little bit longer if it's first thing in the morning. Avalanche hockey is finally back, and we don't have to worry about any of these nonsensical breaks for the rest of the season. Well, it's nonsensical to the fan because we just want to see it. It's, you know, much deserved for the player. But um, it's about us, is it not? Yes, it is. So it's back. Let's enjoy it. And we'll be talking all about it on Monday. So have a good weekend. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the Super Bowl if you're going to be watching that. Um, And I'm sure most of us who are Bronco fans are not going to be rooting for Kansas City. So I guess go 49ers or just go good game. Who really cares? So enjoy both of those things. Enjoy the weekend. Drive safe. Don't do anything stupid. And we will see you guys on Monday. And here's Joby. Go, Abs, go! Go, Abs, go!